I love this day. It's, it's one of my favorite days uh, in our home, and it's one of my favorite days here at Destiny. Uh, before I go any further today, I know that there are uh, quite a few guests, perhaps from other churches or church environments, or maybe it's been like forever since you've ever been in a church, or uh, it's been a very long time. And I will tell you this, I know that uh, you might be under a little culture shock today because we do things a little different than maybe what you grew up with. But I just want you to know that uh, while we may be different, we really exist because of Jesus Christ, because of our love for Him. And as you could read on the wall, we have some goals for every person that walks through these doors. We want you to know God, and I'm not talking about knowing about Him, but know Him personally. We want you to find freedom from the things that just have drug you down in your life and have caused challenges and problems. We want you to figure out who you are, the person who God has made you, and we want you to make a difference in the world. And that's who we are. That's what we do. And so in light of that, we do some things differently than even the churches that many of us grew up in. And, and we just try to make this as real as we possibly can. And so one of the things that we always do on Mother's Day here at Destiny is we have what we call child dedication. Now, in some of your church backgrounds, you would uh, ha call that a baptism, a uh, baby baptism. But we, uh, as you read Scripture, you see that baptism is really reserved for somebody who's made a decision to follow Christ. And we can't make anybody become a Christ follower. That's a decision, a personal decision that every person makes. So what we do, and, and by the way, we don't discredit or dishonor baby baptisms at all. What we do is something very similar and yet somewhat different on purpose. This child dedication is really not a decision that the child is making. Many of these are, are like newborn babies. They can't make any decisions. And let me tell you, as a parent, uh, and a grandparent, enjoy those moments where you're in control. It changes. But that being said, and that was not in my notes, um, that being said, this is a time when parents make a commitment. Parents say, hey, we're going to raise our children in such a way that they will have every opportunity possible to experience a relationship with God. It's not about religion. And it's not about rules and rituals, it's all about life. We want your children to know God. We want them to find freedom in their lives and to discover their purpose and make a difference in the world. And so everything we do here is about that. So today, uh, it was so exciting. We have our, our child dedication early in the morning. We met here at 8.30 for breakfast and, and the parents have all signed these covenants and made these decisions today. So one final act of this is we like to introduce these children and their parents to you, and then we as a church make a commitment. So that's what we're doing right now. What I would like to do, and by the way, this all has its founding out of 1 Samuel 1, verse 27. It says, I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. And that's what we're doing today as parents. So I'm going to ask uh, these uh, parents to bring their children to the front. I'll introduce them to you, and uh, then we're going to pray for them. Uh, first, we have Grace Brown, uh, whose mother is Laura Brown. 
Laura, if you can come on down. We have Ziva Sharian, uh, the daughter of A.J. Sharian and Maria Curian. Ella Curtis, daughter of Josh and Becky Curtis. I think this may be my first set of twins to, to invite to the front. Aubrey and Evie Grosh, daughters of Mark and Courtney Grosh. Zachary Paul, son of Brad and Michelle Paul. Willow and Piper Schmidt, Steve and Heather Schmidt are the parents. Eli Stratton, the big winner today, son of Steve and Becca Stratton. Evan and Avery Thomas, parents Sam and Ashley Thomas. And then my grandson, Soren Waldron, son of Bjorn and Rachel Waldron. Hey, dude, how are you? Hey, yeah. Hey, let's hear it for these children, these families. There's something I want to read to you, and I want to share something with you today that I think is a historic marker in the life of Destiny Church. It is really something that is, uh, has been a long-time dream of mine, and I believe that it's just now beginning to take shape. This is the early stage of history in the life of Destiny Church. There's a passage of Scripture in Psalms, chapter 102, verse 27, and it says, You are always the same. You will live forever. The children of your people will live in security. Their children's children will thrive in your presence. Let this be recorded for future generations, so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. That has been my desire for this church from the day that we started it, 18 years ago. I want this to be a place for our children and our children's children and the children who have not yet been born. I want this to go way beyond me. This is a power. This is a, a movement that's, that's just been generated by the presence and power of God. And all of us will be the recipients of this incredible blessing. Today, uh, because of our grandson Soren, and he's the start, this is the first child of what I would call the third generation of our church. Our children are having children, and they will have children, and I don't know if I'll see them, but we are turning this in, for the first time, it's turning into a church of generations, and I can't tell you how much that means to me, because that just tells me that we're making an impact in our culture, an impact in society, and as you can tell, they have a voice that they're going to share with the future. So this is a great day for us as a church. I'm going to ask you folks to stand as a church, and we're going to make a commitment now that we are going to be the church that supports these families. We are going to be here. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to serve to continue this generational mark in the lives of these people. We are going to be here for these children, for their children and their children, with God's help and His presence and power. So, if you will commit with me, 
I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer as we pray for these kids today. Father, we give ourselves as a church to serve and love these families, to do our best to support them, to give them what we can give them in terms of love and care and support. Father, even our financial support goes to them, to what you want to do in their lives. And I pray that you would, would just give us, as a church, this deep commitment to serve generation after generation until that day that you call us all home. And Lord, I just pray for these children. I pray, Father, that you would protect them, that you would keep them safe and keep them from evil. I pray that they would grow up to be young men and women full of your Holy Spirit, kingdom-minded, kingdom-focused, world-changing, make-a-difference kind of people. I pray, Lord, that they would bring with them a power and strength that only you can give, that they will be a help to the many hurting people in the world around us. And Father, I just pray that you would bless these families, that you would help them when the dark times come, the, the challenges come. I just pray, Father, that you would be with them and watch over them. And I pray that you'd give them strength. And most of all, I pray that you would show them, as you show all of us, how to grow in you so that we can nurture and minister to these children. And I thank you for this huge, wonderful, great opportunity today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 Let's give it up one more time for these kids. Thank you, guys. There's something else that we do every year uh, for Mother's Day. Uh, there's, a, there's a ministry called Mosaic, and I'm going to ask Nikki Matson to, to join me up here on stage, and I may need a microphone if somebody has one. I don't remember anybody telling me what to do about this. Uh, Josiah is coming. Somebody's coming. Uh, Nikki, come on up. Mosaic is a ministry that we uh, have supported for a long time. And uh, I just want, every year we, we make a donation to Mosaic and, and we want to just bless them. And you're going to help us in that in a moment. But Nikki, would you just uh, take that microphone, please? Hi. And just take a moment and share mm -hmm. who Mosaic is, what you folks do. And then we want to present something to you. Okay, happy to. Nice to be here with all of you, and I have so much admiration for moms already, but the fact that you got out here with your families in this pouring rain, go. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Mosaic is a ministry that's been around for 24 years. It was started when a small group got together and prayed about God would have them do what God would have them do about the Roe v. Wade decision. So they started the ministry. We serve people in the community who are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. Um, that's men and women from all walks of life. We have women who already have children um, who don't know if they can do it again. We have teenagers. Um, we have a, a person right now we're serving who was just recently rescued from the trafficking industry um, and just had a baby boy. So they come from everywhere. We provide free services, which is pregnancy testing, ultrasounds, um, and we, we provide advocate counseling. We walk alongside them. We listen to them. We tell them all of their options and that we will be there for them and to support them mm. and help them choose life. All and right. we share the gospel. All right, Nikki, thank you. And on behalf of Destiny Church, we'd like to present you with this check for $500. Thank you. Thank you. And 
And uh, as you leave today, you're going to find a bunch of baby bottles out there. That's not a sign that everybody here is going to need them. Um, but we want everybody to take one of these baby bottles. They're smaller. And I just want you to fill them up with money, with change, with, with whatever that's financial, uh, and bring them back on Father's Day. And we're going to donate all of that money uh, to this ministry, to Mosaic. And uh, what an incredible, I mean, the stories that come out of here are amazing. What God has done in, in rescuing children, rescuing moms, and um, just incredible. So, uh, Nikki, thank you so much. Thank you for being here with us. God bless you. And by the way, uh, on your way out, in addition to the baby bottles, we have a gift for all the ladies in the house. Not just moms, but all the ladies in the house. So uh, it's a gift for every one of you. We've got a, a series that we're doing. We started last week. I'd like you to take a look at this, and then I'll follow up on uh, telling you a little bit about today. Just give me one second. Thank sure. you. Sorry. Uh-huh. Hey. Hi. Two minutes. Thank you. Hi, good afternoon. Sorry about hey, that. Hey, Hi, nice Hi. to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Have you ever done one of these interviews over the camera before? No. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the job to get started with. It's not just um, a job. It's sort of probably the most important job. Uh, the title that we have going right now is Director of Operations, but it's really kind of so much more than that. Responsibilities and requirements are, are really quite extensive. Uh, first category for the requirements would be mobility. This job requires that you must be able to work standing up most or really all of the time, uh, constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself, a high level of stamina. Uh, uh, okay. That's a lot. For how many, like, for how many hours? Uh, 135 hours to unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sure you'll have a chance from time to time to maybe just sit down here and there, yeah? Uh, you mean like a break? Yeah. Uh, no, there are no breaks available. Is, th is that even legal? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. so like no lunch? You can or... have lunch, but only when the associate is done eating their lunch. Uh... I think that's a little intense. No. no not possible. That's crazy. Now, this position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skill. We're really looking for someone that might have a degree in uh, medicine, in finance, and the culinary arts. You must be able to wear several hats. Associate needs constant attention. Sometimes they have to stay up with an associate throughout the night. Being able to work in a chaotic environment. If you, if you had a life, we'd ask you to sort of give that life up. No vacations. In fact, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and holidays, the workload is going to go up, and we demand that with, with a happy disposition. Uh, that's almost cruel. <laughs> that's almost a, a very, very sick, twisted joke. But when there's time to sleep or... Oh, no time to sleep. Yeah, all-encompassing, all almost. That's exactly right. 365 days a year? Yes. No, that's, that's inhumane. That's, that's very insane. The meaningful connections that you make and the, the feeling that you get from really helping your associate are immeasurable. Also, let's cover the salary. The position is going to pay absolutely nothing. Excuse me? No. Nobody's doing that for free. Yeah, pro bono. Completely for free. <laughs> no! What if I told you there's someone that actually currently uh, holds this position right now? 
Billions of people, actually. Who? Moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moms. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and they meet every requirement, oh, don't wow. they? Oh, my God. Moms are the best. Yeah, there's no pain. They're 24 hours. They're always there. Now I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah, and what are you thinking about her? I'm thinking about all those nights and everything. Thank you so much for everything you do. I know it doesn't seem like I appreciate all of it, but I definitely do. So, Mom, I want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I love you very much. You've been there through thick and thin. <laughs> My mom is just awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. There is not a man in the room who would sign up for that job. <laughs> hey, so today uh, our, our service was really designed by moms and uh, for moms. And so we have this uh, incredible panel of moms here. Uh, Grace Wigfield is uh, my daughter-in-law. Uh, who's a mom-to-be, and she's going to be uh, kind of moderating this deal. We have Lori Sullivan, Linda Early, Catrice Walker, and I'm out of here. Would you welcome our panel? Well, I'm so excited for you all to meet um, my friends here, and each of them have an incredible story, and um, they're even more incredible moms. Um, and so, uh, without further ado, Catrice, would you start and just kind of give a brief introduction of yourself, and then we'll go down the line. Um, I'm Catrice Walker. I joined Destiny about nine years ago. I have two sons, 17 and 11. Well, almost 17, not yet. <laughs> and 11, and I'm married. I married my husband. I met him at Destiny. My name's Linda Early. Um, Steve and I have been here at Destiny about three years now. Um, we've been married for 44 years. Um, we have two sons, um, Paul, who is almost 42, and John, who is 40. Hi, I'm Lori Sullivan. Um, before becoming a mom, I, after college, I spent four years in the Army uh, with, with 3rd Special Forces Group, which took me to Afghanistan three times. Um, after that, I spent eight years in Northern Virginia as a defense contractor and started uh, staying home after my second child was born. Um, I've been married for five years, and my husband Ian and I have three children. Mackenzie, who will be four this week, our sweet little redhead. Um, Callie is two, and uh, she's a little spitfire. And then our son Joseph, um, who would have been six months, but uh, went to heaven when he was just one week old. Um, Lori is one of my um, best friends, and we got to meet when she started serving in Destiny Kids a couple years ago. And um, today is incredible that she's here and she's sharing um, today, and so we're just so thankful to have you. Um, yeah. Um, I have a few questions specific to each of the ladies, and then um, some of them are kind of general. Um, but the first one is for Catrice. Um, so... Before you met Xavier, uh, she was a single mom for how many years? Eight years. 
eight years. And um, so with, along with that, can you just kind of share um, how did God guide and direct your unique situation when it came to raising your boys on your own to show you his purpose and plan? Um, I kind of took the hard road to get there. When I was a single mom, I feel like for the most part I was just surviving. I wasn't really focused on my relationship with God. I wasn't focused on his purpose for my life. I was just kind of in the grind every day doing what I needed to do for my kids. So um, it took a a minute for me to get there with him. It was at one point I was living in Maryland. My kids were going to school in D.C. and I worked in Virginia. And that was my grind every day. So um, I attended this singles conference. And at that conference, I was really touched. I was moved. It was obvious that God wanted me to do something different. I had this plan on everything that I needed to do with my life. And I did those things. I went to college. I made sure my kids had good schools. I had a nice, safe place for them to live. But I just wasn't in relationship with him. I was a believer, but I was not a follower in any way. So after attending that conference, I said, okay, Lord, It's just going to be you and I and the boys. I'm going to do whatever it is you want me to do. This was my deal with the Lord. And, again, it was just me trying to have my own plan and put my own wheels in motion. And I said, I don't want any distractions. I knew I was going to move soon. I don't want to be distracted by any other relationships. I just want to be there with you, Lord. So God led me to Leesburg, Virginia. It wasn't my decision. I didn't know anyone here. I was an hour and a half away from my closest relative, and I was a single mom. So um, it was definitely God-led. After I was here for a few months, I attended Destiny on my birthday, September 13, 2009. And I loved it. I felt right at home. My kids loved it. And um, I made this my church home. Of course, a few months after that, I met my husband. (laughs) He wasn't part of my plan, but he was part of God's plan. And it just reminds me of Proverbs when it says that in our human hearts, we create a plan, but God directs our steps. And he directed my steps. Absolutely. Um, So Linda, um, do we have a picture of um, the firefighter family? Do we have that somewhere? There you go. Linda, um, her whole family, they fight fires and save lives, and um, she is a nurse for how many years? 42 42 years. And um, her husband, um, firefighter Ann, worked for the dispatch, right? So if you called 911, you'd get Steve. And um, he worked that 40-some years, right? Something. 17. 17 for the dispatch. And then um, her... Daughter, her daughter in Latina, the top right, and, and then her two sons um, below, and that's her her husband. Um, but she's our grandmother on the stage, and um, so you've seen lots of seasons of motherhood. And um, can you share how your faith has developed um, as you face difficulties um, in raising children and pouring into your grandchildren? So as I've been thinking about how to answer this, um, I just was completely overwhelmed with all that God has done in our lives. Um, definitely seasons in, in motherhood, um, some more difficult than others. And actually, 
most of the experiences I'm going to share are from them being adults because those were the biggest challenges. Um, so the first uh, big challenge was really a big disappointment. Our youngest uh, son divorced his first wife uh, after they had our first grandchild. Um, so that was, that was a hard one, uh, just difficult uh, to know how to respond to him and just a lot of feelings that were difficult to deal with. So we also then were able to um, minister to our granddaughter, Kayla. Um, she had issues that I didn't know about, never been through uh, anything like that. And um, so we still minister to her, and uh, she's a true blessing in our life. I doubt that we would have the relationship with her that we do if she hadn't experienced uh, being in a divorced family. Um, I guess the other big disappointment was, uh, as Grace said, I'm the grandmother on the stage. Um, I have five grandchildren, um, Kayla, who's 16, Luke, who's 11, um, Jake, who's 7, Nathan, who's 5, and Josh, who's also 5. And, Got it. <laughs> This doesn't work the same as a hairbrush. That's what I practiced with. <laughs> so the, the biggest disappointment as a grandmother is that um, overall we lost three um, babies to miscarriage. Um, but I know I'll see them in heaven, and um, I'm looking forward to that. So the other... Um, things have been tests of faith and those all happened or two of them happened as a result of um, them being firefighters um, the first was on uh, 9-11 uh, Paul and Tina were at work that day and um, they'd been married about three years and you know I was at work and doing what I do and then we all saw what happened and I knew that really bad things had happened in New York and that the buildings had collapsed and my mother's heart knew that there were a lot of firefighters in that building. Um, and then I heard that there had been a partial collapse at the Pentagon and I knew Paul was there. And um, so I prayed. I said, okay, Lord, he belongs to you, but I need to know where he is. And um, so I just prayed that prayer and I went on with my day and I went home and uh, there was a message on the answering machine, and it was Paul. And he said, Mom, you know where I am. Um, I'm okay. I don't know when I'll be home, and I love you. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. That's all I needed. And um, so there were a lot of those kind of moments when you've got firefighters in the family. Uh, um, the next, the next uh, big one was our youngest son, John was in a uh, house fire here in Leesburg. He was a paid firefighter here in the county. And he was badly burned, spent two and a half months in the burn unit um, at Washington Hospital Center. And, you know, it was just uh, a really overwhelming time. We knew that uh, God was in control. Um, we heard all the accounts of what happened that day. And... And by all their accounts, he should not have survived to get out of the house, but he did. 
found out later that he had asked God to not let him die. And he didn't. Um, The doctors told us he would have uh, multiple severe infections and unbelievable numbers of surgeries. And he didn't have any severe infections because God's people prayed. Uh, There were people praying for him from Canada to Florida. um, And, you know, it was still just a very hard time. Um, But lots of blessings came out of it. Um, the Lord gave me scripture uh, when I was sitting at his bedside one night, and that is um, Isaiah sixty-five twenty-four, And it shall be that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. And he most certainly did. Um, and the last big trial was uh, when our, with our youngest grandson, Josh, who's five now, was diagnosed with a brain tumor when he was six months old. Uh, John sent us um, pictures of the CAT scan on our phones, and, you know, our hearts just dropped. Um, he didn't look like he had a brain. It was all fluid. Um, so he had surgery uh, many times over the next two years. Uh, they told us he wouldn't walk, but he's five, and he's walking on his own, and God is still working in his life. Amen. Um, thanks for sharing that, Linda. Um, it's just so cool to see the power of a praying mom. Um, and if you had a praying mom, you know it. Um, I told myself I'm not even talking. Um, um, Lori, you know, you shared a little bit about JoJo. And um, so your picture of motherhood has been drastically changed than what you expected. Um, and so can you just share um, about how you have found um, purpose in the pain and loss that you have experienced? Uh, so early last year in 2017, um, Ian and I had, we had two healthy girls, um, no health problems, no issues. And uh, let's see, in, in March, we found out that we were expecting another baby, which was a surprise to us. So we were um, thrilled slash overwhelmed. But um, we had no reason for fear or worry. We had two healthy children. We had no health issues, and everything was fine during my whole pregnancy. Uh, Didn't expect anything to go wrong. Um, JoJo was due in October, and October 19th, um, late that evening, I went into labor and with a third baby. uh, I knew it was the real deal, and so uh, we didn't waste any time getting to the hospital. I had actually been to the doctors earlier that day and had heard um, my son's healthy heartbeat. So uh, nothing to be alarmed about. Everything everything was good. Um, the first time that I actually knew that there was something wrong was um, when we got to the hospital and I was already eight centimeters when we got there. He was coming quick. Um, but they couldn't find his heartbeat. They could only find my heartbeat. Um, and so it quickly became an emergency and I was put under anesthesia and had to uh, have an emergency c-section which they um, performed within 12 minutes and it wasn't until hours later that I found out actually what had happened Um, our son had the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck two times and it when I went into labor um, it cut off the oxygen to his brain and um, 
and he just wasn't, wasn't getting uh, enough oxygen. So he was born without a heartbeat, but was revived and taken into the NICU. We were both um, transferred to Fairfax Hospital, where we were um, received amazing care. And um, during that time, uh, it started out as like our immediate friends and family praying for a miracle that would save his life. Um, and that became... Um, hundreds of people and thousands of people as they shared our story. Um, and we didn't get the miracle that we prayed for, um, but there were a few things that happened that I just knew that God was with us um, that I will share with you. Uh, the Early in the morning, um, after JoJo was born on October 20th, um, I was tormented. I immediately rushed to thoughts of, like, what did I do wrong? Um, should I have not gone to the chiropractor? Should I have eaten this, not that? Like, what, what is it? What did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? Should I have not walked across the parking lot? Should I have... I, just all these thoughts and fears and um, blame on myself. And um, at some point, I just had the thought that came into my mind... Um, and I didn't know, I didn't know scripture, I had not committed it to memory, but it was do not fear. And so I um, got my little phone out, the Bible app, and I found Isaiah 41.10, and it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and uphold you with my righteous right hand. And at that point, I just had a calm um, in the midst of, of not knowing what was going to happen. Um, I knew that God was with us and that he was going to take care of it and that I didn't need to worry. <clears throat> the second thing was, which I didn't know um, initially, was we named our son Joseph. Um, the birth certificate people came into the room and asked us uh, what we were going to name him, and we didn't really have a name. Um, but the whole time during my pregnancy, even before we knew uh, it was a boy, our daughter Mackenzie called him Jojo. And so it was a cute little name. That's what we called my belly. My belly was Jojo. And we didn't really have any intention of naming him that. Um, we found out he was a boy. And later on, during the pregnancy, uh, Mackenzie told me, his name is Joseph. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I don't even know where she got it from. Um, I thought that she was calling him Jojo because our friend that uh, Aaron Davison calls her son Joel Jojo. Um, but she told me his name was Joseph, so his name was Joseph. Um, and when the birth certificate people came, um, I told my husband, well, we can't name him anything else. His name is Joseph. So we named him Joseph Ian Sullivan. And um, when it really struck me, I heard the same story three times in one week. And it's like I wasn't paying attention. God had to tell me three times. Uh, it's the story of Joseph in Genesis. And the verse, Genesis fifty twenty says... You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. And that's what Joseph said to his brothers. And while the story is different, um, I believe that Joseph was brought to this earth because he has a story, and his story is to save the lives of many people. And just one last thing, um, the last verse that I highlighted before I went into labor um, just gives me so much comfort and uh, it's in John 9 3 um, Jesus disciples asked him why a man was blind from birth was it because of his sins or his parents sins 
And Jesus replied, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. And that just gives me comfort because initially when I was tormented and I was thinking, what, what, is, what did I do wrong to deserve this? Um, God comforted me and said, no, it's not because of, because of your sins. Um, it's so that the power of God could be seen through him. Amen. got through that. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I didn't. Um, so for you, Catrice, we're just going to go down. It's the same same question for all of them. But um, how has the gospel changed the way you have mothered? Um, I would say the word of God has given me the principles that I need. Um, it's taught me so much about Jesus and about who he was and the purpose that God laid out for my life, those were things that I wouldn't understand had it not been for the gospel or for the word of God. Uh, so anything that I go through, all my circumstances, uh, obstacles, things that I think will leave me in the dumdrums, just depression and exhaustion, everything that comes along with being a mom and being a single mom especially, he's already talked about it. He's already addressed it in the Bible. Anything I can think of, he's already told me how to get through it. So I use that as my tool and my resource when I'm going through something, even if I don't know the exact scripture. I just open the Bible and start reading, and God always speaks to me through his word. Um, one of the things I always say is the, the best gift he left us is the ability to pray. We don't have to go through a third party to speak to him. We can speak directly to Jesus. We can talk directly to God throughout the day. And that's one of the best tools I've been able to use as a mom, not only to cover my kids, but so that they learn how to pray too. We made up a prayer when they were little, um, but now they're old enough to speak to God on their own. So that's what we do when we have our nighttime prayers. So uh, I would say definitely the guidance and learning and knowing how to pray, teaching that to my kids, that's something that they can carry with them long after I'm gone. How about you, Linda? I think for me, the, um, the gospel influenced the fact that I really felt an urgency to share um, Jesus with my boys and with my grandchildren and um, just to let them know how much they're loved because they don't hear enough of that and how much God loves them. And if they understand that, um, they can get through a lot. And I don't, I don't know. There's just, just that being able to worship with them and take them to God's word when there's an issue. I do that a lot with Kayla. Um, and it always works. It always helps. And there's, the answer is always there, which is what's so amazing about the gospel. Um, so I'm relatively new to Destiny. I've been coming for uh, about two and a half years. And when I started, I went through the growth track. And um, Susan Showalter told me, told everybody in the group, that we needed to be in God's word every day. And that kind of stressed me out because at the time I was, um, had a one-year-old who wasn't sleeping at night. I was pregnant and I was working full-time, so I was like, how am I 
going to do this? How am I going to fit it in? Um, I thought it was impossible, but um, I can say now that I do read every day, and I I couldn't go a day without it. So that has really changed in my life. Um, I recognize that I need to know what the word says so that I can live it, teach it, um, and model it to my children. And what I know and what I want them to know is that they're loved, they're forgiven, and that we obey God um, not out of obligation and um, rules and feeling feeling guilt about it, but just because um, we love him so much and we want to experience um, just what God has planned for us. Um, we have our last question. Um, so as it relates to the work of the mom, you guys saw the video, um, moms have an incredible job. Um, what encouragement would you give the women in the room today? I would say don't believe the lies of the devil. Especially, I know that married moms experience this as well, but if you're a single mom, you were not meant to be alone. You were made for fellowship. You were made for relationship. So if there's another mom that you can trust to kind of watch your kids for an hour or so just so that you can get a break, do that. Don't believe that you have to do this alone because you don't. You don't have to be married to make it as a mom. So I would say... um, Get into your word. Talk to the Lord. Ask him to guide you. Ask him to guide your heart. I know that when you're going through your day-to-day, you know, you get home, you cook dinner, you make beds, you make dinner, you put the kids in the bath, and then you repeat it all the next day. But God is right there with you. You may not be able to see him. You may not be able to touch him. But you can talk to him, and you can see him in all the, all the great things that he does in your life, just waking you up the next day making sure your kids are healthy and safe. Those are things that are evidence of God's love for you. So don't, don't believe the lies of the devil. I would say to you that God is faithful. Um, I've seen that over and over in my life. Um, he sees your struggles. Um, he hears every prayer. He answers, not always the way we want, but he does answer. And he sends people um, to walk with you when it gets too hard to walk alone. Be faithful to pray. Um, That's just the biggest key. Stay in his word. Um, There's so much wisdom and so many answers there. Um, And if you are full of his word, then you will have a rich legacy to pass on to your children and grandchildren. I would say never lose hope. Um, Even when things don't go the way that you want or the way you expect, um, keep praying and God will guide your path. Know that you're loved unconditionally. Um, God has a perfect plan for all of us despite what we experience despite the suffering and the loss um, you know what what someone else meant to harm you God meant it for good um, so let him use it for good and uh, tell your story because it's a bigger part of God's story give these women a hand I'm not supposed to get up on the stage or there's...
There's one word that I think describes what we just witnessed, and that is the word strength. God has given these ladies incredible strength. Listen, I would like to introduce one more mom today who's going to share for a few moments, and uh, that is Sissy Eastep. So would you guys welcome Sissy Eastep up to the stage. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Good morning. Boy, today would have been a good day to wear waterproof mascara, right? (laughs) Man, public speaking is not my forte, actually. Um, So if I hyperventilate and pass out, please feel free to just roll me off the stage and Catrice will come up and finish for me. (laughs) Actually, I shouldn't even be up here today. That's what's kind of blowing my mind because I was never supposed to be a mom. See, when I was a teenager, I became very, very sick and nobody knew what was wrong. And one day I was rushed to the hospital. Um, I was in so much pain. I was kind of in and out of consciousness, but I heard words like, grapefruit-sized tumor and emergency surgery. Not fun things to hear. I lost consciousness, and I woke up three days later to find out that at barely 15, I'd had a hysterectomy. I was devastated. For all of my life, I looked forward to the day when I'd be a mommy. I just, that was what I wanted in life, was to be a mommy. But see, the cool thing is, God knew my heart. And he had a scripture for me that I didn't know at the time. Psalm 113.9 says this, He settles the barren woman happily in her home with her children. How amazing. And he has done that five times. <laughs> so, um, just incredible even that I'm standing here today as a mother to speak to you. And I'm just so blessed and thankful for that. And when I first became a mother, I was pretty clueless. I didn't really know how to be a mom. I grew up in a dysfunctional family, and um, at the time, I wasn't even on speaking terms with God. So probably not a good place to be when you fly across the world and adopt twin babies and start out your journey as a mother. (laughs) And I had no need for God, I didn't think, until my little girl was nine months old, and she dropped to the floor and stopped breathing. In a heartbeat, I became a praying mama, you better believe it. And we spent a couple of months living in fear, not knowing what to do with nobody to turn to but God, never knowing when it was going to happen again. And we almost lost her twice before Megan was diagnosed with a seizure disorder. She went home with medication and apnea monitor, and I got a new career. I was a captain in the Air Force at the time, launching rockets. And it was pretty cool. People saluted me, called me, yes, ma'am, I did cool stuff. And in a heartbeat, I was mom. And I was okay with that. Like I said, I'd always wanted to be a mom. I didn't mind being home with my kids, but I didn't get the stay-at-home mom thing. I just didn't get it. I didn't know what the purpose of it was. And I'm thinking, okay, all right. So I'm giving up my career, and I'm staying to raise them so that they can, what, have a great career? Yeah, yeah, maybe they're going to grow up and be something really amazing. But what if they grow up and be stay-at-home moms? What if their kids grow up and be stay-at-home moms, and we're doing nothing but propagating the species? Where's the purpose in this? My head really hurt. I, I, I think too much, I think, probably. But uh, this is for real. What, what's the purpose? What are we doing? If you were last, here last week, you know Greg talked about work, and he had a triangle over here that represented work, and in the center was me. Triangle over here represents work, and the center was God. And see, this was my problem. I had started my journey following Christ, 
but I was still firmly planted over here with me in the center. And that's what worldly moms do. We put ourselves in the center of it, and we strive to make our children happy, to give them the best of this, to make sure they're signed up for soccer by the time they're three, because if you wait until they're six, it'll be too late, and they'll never be successful, and, you know, Northern Virginia momhood, right? It's crazy. But it's because we don't know. We're over here in the middle of it, and we think it's about us, and it's about our kids, and something's telling us inside that what we're doing as a mother is so important, it's so vital, but we don't know what it is. We don't get the purpose. And so I contemplated this for years, and my kids were six. I did sign them up for soccer, and my neighbor said, are you kidding? They had to start at three. I'm like, oh, well, they'll never be good soccer players now. <laughs> and as I'm watching this craziness we moms get into, I start really thinking, what matters? What do I want my kids to be able to look back on at the end of their lives and say they accomplished? Harvard degree, financial success, or was it something more? As I thought through this, I'm thinking, do I want to be the fastest person on the track team? Or do I want them to be that kid that sees a child sitting alone across the cafeteria, and they go over and they sit down, and they say, hey, what's up? You okay? And they let that person know that they're not invisible, that somebody cares. It became very clear very quickly. And that's when we shifted. I shifted from me in the middle, God in the middle. Because being a mom isn't about accomplishments, it's about character. We're not called to make our children happy, to do things for them, and all that's good. It's good if they're happy. It's good if we let them do soccer and sports and music and all that. That's good. But that's not our calling. It's not about accomplishment. It's about their character. And when I realized this, my prayer for them changed. Previously, every morning they'd go to school and I'd say, please, Lord, bless my children today. Just bless my little babies. And I began praying instead, please, Lord, help them to bless somebody else today. And I told my children this. And every day, go to school, go be a blessing. Because now I wasn't in the middle of it anymore. I let God be in the middle of it. And when I saw what my purpose was, not even a purpose, it's a sacred calling of motherhood, ladies. We are called to mold the hearts of the next generation for the kingdom of God and to leave a legacy of faith that's going to perpetuate from generation to generation to generation. And that's going to change the world. That's us. Us. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. But when you don't have God in the middle, and you're striving and striving and striving, not knowing your purpose, you seek satisfaction from what the world says should satisfy, and there's no fulfillment. When we really understand what our job is as a mother, that is a sacred calling, that we're molding the hearts of God's children, suddenly we have purpose, and we can find fulfillment in that. It's an incredible gift, actually. And I know sometimes it doesn't feel amazing. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a gift. Sometimes it feels like a punishment. Sometimes certain days feel like drudgery. You know, you're cleaning puke, you're wiping noses. But here's the thing. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she changed diapers, guys. She changed diapers. And back then, they did not have Pampers Premium Plus. <laughs> Pretty sure. So as moms, we persist. Yeah, some days are hard. So what? We're called to it. God patterned our hearts after his. We are made in the image of God. And we have to be that to our children. 
Some days our children aren't lovable. We love them anyway because God loved us when we weren't lovable. Sometimes our children run from us. We pursue them because God pursued us when we were still sinners. You know the story, he left the 99, pursued the one? Praise God. And we have to be that for our children. Our children are going to make mistakes, colossal mistakes. But we offer them grace because that's what God gives you and me. And that's what we have to do in his image. When my daughter Gabby was two, we adopted her from China. Talk about difficult. <laughs> we knew she came with some medical challenges. What we did not know was that she came with some attachment issues, which basically means she didn't want a mommy and daddy. She had no desire to bond with us or connect with us in any way. She had been in two foster homes, an orphanage, and a hospital in her short two years. So the most physical contact I had with her in those early years was when she was kicking or biting me. There were days I cried. My little girl hates me. She hates me, Marty. What am I going to do? She hates me. It was hard. It was hard. But you know what? As a mom, you can't quit. We don't get to give two weeks notice. Yeah, you know, my twins fired me once when they were four, but um, <laughs> nobody else wanted the job, so I was quickly reinstated. <laughs> but we don't get to quit, guys. God doesn't quit, so neither do we. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not Jesus, so I had to be very intentional about it. I literally put sticky notes inside my kitchen cabinets, and I'd open one up, and it would say, hug Gabby, because Gabby would never seek me out. And it was easy not to. And I'd go, oh, I haven't hugged Gabby today. Go find Gabby. Gabby! And she'd be like, <laughs> hug her anyway. Later the day, I'd open up another cabinet. It would say, tell Gabby you love her. Oh, oh, haven't told Gabby I loved her today. Go find Gabby. I love you, honey. <laughs> Jesus loves you. I love you so much. And we did this literally for years. Painful. But you know what? Gabby's now 18. And she's amazing. She has such a heart for God. This kid walks into her high school and openly debates the gospel with the atheist kids there. I, when I was 18, that was not even on my radar. But she does it, and she does it not in a confrontational manner, but in a way that opens up dialogue with these kids. I'm like, that my kid? How'd that happen? How it happened is because I took me out and put God in. Incredible, incredible. When they asked me to speak today, I wanted to see what the Bible said about moms. We don't hear a whole lot about that. All the cool stories are the prophets and the men and some women, but not moms. I thought, there's got to be moms in the Bible. There are. So cool. Who knows who Jochebed is? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Mother of Moses. She's the one who, when her child was going to be killed, put him in a basket, sent him up river, and then she's a smart cookie. Pharaoh's daughter gets him, and she tells her daughter not Pharaoh's daughter, Jochebed's daughter. Go tell Pharaoh's daughter, if she needs a, a nursemaid for her baby, I can do it. And she carefully insinuates herself back into her son's life. And we know she didn't just feed him, she molded him, she poured into him, because here is this child raised in the palace of Pharaoh as an Egyptian, but he had such a heart for the Israelites, his own people. That didn't happen just by magic. That's mom pouring into him, guys. And he went on to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, one of the most amazing, amazing things in the history of our Bible and our history. Incredible. And that was his mom. And you can read about Hannah, the mother of Samuel, Mary, the mother of Jesus. These women knew 
their sacred calling. They knew their job was to mold the hearts of their young children. Incredible. The Book of Kings. Have you guys ever read that? Crazy. It's a chronological listing of the kings of Israel, Judah. But what's so crazy is this three things are mentioned about each king. One, his name. Makes sense. Two, whether he was good or evil in the eyes of the Lord. Makes sense. Want to guess what the third one is? His mother's name. Wow. His mother's name. So that just tells me how much God values us as mothers and how much influence he gave us. It's not an accident. Motherhood is ordained by God. We are called to this. It's crazy. It's crazy. And you know what else the Bible says about us? This is a really famous verse, and a lot of people take it as um, the instruction book for a good wife and mother. Proverbs 31, right? But I don't see it that way. I think the truth is, it's a calling and a promise. I'm just going to read a small part of it. This is 31.25 of Proverbs. She is clothed in strength and dignity. This is us, moms. She laughs without fear of the future. Wow. How often as moms do we feel truth in that? Not too much. Not too much. But here, it is truth. This is God's word. And let me tell you, we're not clothed in our strength. We're clothed in his strength. His strength. He lives inside me. I don't have to be strong. He's got it for me. All I got to do is put it on. That's it, moms. And dignity? How dignified is scrubbing toilets, right? But you know what? Jesus Christ died for me. He adores me. I am the daughter of of the king of everything. If there's not dignity in that, what more do you want? We just need to put it on. Put on our strength, put on our dignity, stand up and be the mothers he called us to be. And laughing without fear of the future, whoo, that's counterintuitive, isn't it? <laughs> Moms, oh, Susan feels hot, honey. Does Susan feel hot? Do you see he's got a fever? Oh, I, I think Susan, we better go to the hospital. We better, <sighs> he's never gonna get into college. You know, you know and it's what we do. But God says, you don't have to. In fact, he says, you can laugh without fear of the future. Why? Because he's got it. Because we've got him in the center here. He entrusted us with his children. His children he loves more than we love them. Do you really think he handed them to us and walked away? No. No. He's right there with us. And he loves us as much as he loves those children he entrusted to us. What an honor it is to parent a child for the kingdom of God. Amazing. I'm going to finish up with just a quick story and give you guys back to Greg. Two years ago, a little girl on the other side of the world crept out of her bed at the orphanage. She sneaked outside in the dark. This little girl never heard of God in the higher being. She had no clue. She looked up in the dark at the moon and the stars, and she said, please, please bring me a family. Last year, on Mother's Day, I became that little girl's mommy. And what... What a blessing and an honor to tell this child, God heard your prayer. He loves you. He has a plan for you. We are blessed mothers. So let's rise to our sacred calling.
Father, thank you for every mother here in the room today. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be a parent. I thank you that you entrust your precious children to us, Lord. I pray for godly wisdom to every mother here. I pray for our hearts, Father. And I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, for everyone here, for every mother. I pray in your precious name of Jesus. Amen. Wow, what a day. Thank you so much, Sissy. Amazing. I'm going to close quickly now, but Sissy brought up something that I want to close with. It's the idea of who is in the middle of your life. And what I'm about to suggest to you has nothing to do with religion, nothing to do with joining this church. It has everything to do with your life and why you're here and who should be at the center of your life. When we center our lives around ourselves, we lose, and everyone around us loses. We put Christ in the middle of our lives. Everything around us, while not perfect, has this great composite of success. It's what makes life really worth living. Multiple times today you've heard about generation after generation and what God wants to do in the lives of not just us, but our children and their children. It begins with moving ourselves out of the middle of life and putting Christ in the middle of our life. It's, it's done as a first step by simply inviting Christ to be in that position. And from then on, it's called being a disciple, becoming the person that God wants you to be. But it starts with a step, a decision. So I'm going to give you a chance to make that decision today. If you're here, some of you, this is so foreign to anything you're used to. Others, you've been to this place many times and you know in your heart something needs to change. If you want to take that first step, and put Christ in the middle. Invite Him to come into your heart. Again, this isn't a religious uh, habit or, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not a cultural thing. It's just real life. If you want to invite Christ to be the center of your life, I'm going to pray a prayer. And you just pray it along with me, just in your heart. And make that decision. And today will be a day of new beginnings in your life. So I'm just going to pray. Father... I just thank you today for every story that we heard. I thank you for these moms who shared in such a powerful way the truth of life. And that is that you are to be the center of everything. So on this Mother's Day in 2018, Lord, I just pray for every man and woman and young person in this room right now who has not done this, I just pray that they would simply invite you to be at the center of their life. Lord, I just pray that you would come into their heart, that right now they would make this decision, I am giving my life to Jesus Christ. And I will begin to figure out through relationships, through church, through what you want to do, through your word, what it means to be a follower of Christ. 
Heavenly Father, I pray this prayer in the name of Christ. Amen.